is the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. Our mission is to train those who give spiritual counsel to others. Whatever your skill level, we offer accessible and practical advice to those whose life or work frequently leads them to spiritual conversations. Our goal is to foster a growing relational connection with and loyalty to the God of the Bible. We help people choose life-giving reactions to the warning lights on the dashboard of their lives. Our passion comes from the belief that only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Welcome, everyone, to the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. This podcast, first launched a year ago, is a tool for training my expanding team of spiritual coaches at our growing multi-site church. I can't tell you how surprised I was that now hundreds of people are listening around the world. Wherever you are on the globe, Nancy and I are honored to have you aboard. Speaking of Nancy, my beautiful bride is in the studio with me today. (laughs) Well, thank you, honey. And hello, everyone. If you're interested in going back and listening to any of the three previous seasons, it would be helpful to begin with the first episode of season one. Each podcast is a standalone topical treatment, but they are episodic, so listening out of order will leave you without some necessary foundational content. Our intention with this podcast is to keep the explanation simple and relatable, and for the most part, avoid the clinical and theological terminology. So what I did is I swapped that out for modern and easily recognizable metaphors to explain spiritual and biblical ideas, as well as coaching techniques and, and approaches. Now, that doesn't mean that our content is overly simplistic or, or dumbed down or, or, or unhelpful to those who are further down the road, just that it's accessible and immensely usable. No matter your familiarity with the subject, you will be able to follow along at whatever level of experience and discover new ways to talk to others about spiritual subjects. Yes, and as we enter this fourth season, we will begin to offer true standalone episodes, tackling both new content as well as returning to subjects we already addressed but feel deserve greater attention. A new feature going forward will be answering specific questions that our listeners have submitted. Questions about specific spiritual coaching subjects or establishing and maintaining a spiritual coaching practice in your context. Listen to the end of the podcast and I will tell you how to submit questions and ideas for future episodes. Yes, and, and it's important that uh, I make a clarification. You understand my use of some terminology. Uh, in all of these podcasts, you, you know, I mentioned spiritual maturity and spiritual growth and those things consistently. Some people, when they hear those terms, especially if they've gone to church all their lives, might be tended to think about attending classes or amassing uh, intellectual understanding. And, and that's not what I mean when I talk about spiritual maturity or spiritual growth. I'm talking about first-person, hands-on, experiential knowledge of God. Spiritual maturity is knowing Him. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And that's what I mean when I talk about spiritual maturity and spiritual growth. If the relationship is strong and growing, everything else that's necessary to life as a follower of Jesus Christ will flow from that. In fact, we want you to know that we named the podcast The Spiritual Coaching Dashboard because just like the dashboard in your car, there are warning lights in our lives. They indicate to us that we need to do some heart work with God in order to step into our full potential. We need someone more qualified and experienced to do spiritual wrenching on our souls in order to improve our performance. Our dream for you is that you would unlock your potential through a heart healthy enough to know God deeply and follow Him fully, and then to pass your experience on to others. 
Now, without further delay, here is today's content. In this episode, I'll give you three lessons I learned while waiting in God, uh, while benched and waiting for God to put me back in the game. All right, I don't know if you've noticed that God does things his own way. He makes little sense to us because of his you know, greater perspective, and he plays a long game that confuses my immediate and short-term sight. Maybe he does that to you, too. I learned this the hard way early in my pastoral career. I had worked for over 10 years at the same church. I spent over half of that time serving with a mentor that meant the world to me. He taught me almost everything I know about pastoring. Uh, and then God told me it was time to move on. And as hard as it was to leave, what came next was far harder. Why? Because nothing came next. I found myself waiting on God. The next assignment did not come on my timetable. I, I had some temporary ministry opportunities, but they didn't turn into anything more. Uh, while I knew differently, it felt like I was wasting time. To make a long story short, three years and a one short-lived attempt later, I was still waiting. God did eventually restore me to pastoral work twice, but neither place of service turned into what I expected. Both ended a little poorly. So about 10 years later, I found myself between churches and waiting again. In that second waiting season, I revisited my thoughts from the first season. I found help that enabled me to do better the second time around, and, and I found a, a metaphor that helped me think and talk through those unique and often excruciating times when our only director from God is wait. How are we to wait when God seems to have put our life on pause? Although it is never really the cause, it sure feels like we're on hold. Uh, I have learned that how well we wait will dictate things like how long we wait, how miserable we make ourselves and others while we wait, uh, if we take anything helpful with us when we are again moving forward, and just how close to God we grow during our wait. Waiting well makes all the difference. Everyone will eventually find themselves waiting for God to act. Uh, in this article, or in this uh, podcast, I say article because these now, for the first time, are um, able you're able to find the show notes, the, the transcripts, on my um, blog page. Just go to tworivers.church backslash brave the rapids. That is, again, you go to tworivers.church backslash brave the rapids. And uh, you can, again, obviously find the, the script I use here. Often there's more biblical references than what I share on air. Uh, like in this episode, there's also some links, direct links to some books that I, uh, that I suggest that you can uh, read for uh, to dig into the subject a little bit deeper. Um, while visiting my thoughts about waiting on God from a decade earlier, as I said, um, it didn't really add any new lessons. It did provide a metaphor that I want to share with you now. The, the second time around, it felt like God had taken me out of the game and benched me. I described being benched by God as, as when he pauses, ends, or removes something you value and doesn't explain or replace it. You lose something you prize without warning, reason, justification, or alternative. It is just gone, and you do not know what happened, what you did wrong, if anything, and what is next. Uh, God gives you post-dated marching orders and nothing to do in the meantime. Benching happens when God sits you down and says, I'll get back to you. It's when he takes away something meaningful, and all he says is, trust me. 
The change creates a sudden wound, a lack, a lack of explanation leaves you silently wondering, and the absence of a replacement forces you to sit and wait, wounded, wondering, and waiting. This is what it's like to be benched by God. If you have watched a, a, a team sporting event, you know substitutions are made constantly. I've often wondered if the most underrated calls a coach makes is knowing when to bench a player. The athlete usually dislikes being pulled from the game, protests accordingly, and, and, and assumes that it's a punishment. Yet a good coach knows their players and recognizes fatigue and injury, maybe the need to cool off, or, or the need for coaching and some encouragement. Despite complaints for the good of the athlete and the team, the wise coach pulls the player to the sideline. The best coaches are more concerned for the development and safety of the player than they are to you know, win at all, coach, at all costs. God does the same thing. When God sees frustration, fatigue, injury, or a need for some coaching, he will bench us. He is the best coach because he always knows what's best for us. Personally, I have never liked it, seldom understood it, and have often misinterpreted it as punishment. At first, when you know life takes that unexpected and unappreciated turn, you know I gripe and fuss at God. I absolutely pace the sideline, antsy to get back in the game. I do not want to wait. I wanted to contribute. I wanted to be in the game where the action is. So I nagged the coach to put me in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. Thank you, John Fogarty. His response, he kept telling me that I had not learned my lesson yet. We've all experienced a sudden change or loss that left us wondering what to think and what to feel, what to do. So what do you do? Well, I, I answer that pressing question by beginning with a single overarching principle. Make sure you listen close to this. What God does while you wait is as valuable as what you were waiting for. I'll tell you, that little lesson is backed by years of pain and stupidity on my part and not understanding how good God is. So what God does while you wait is as valuable, maybe even more so, than what you were waiting for. Okay, you may want to read that again if you're if you're reading, or you may want to back that up and hit that rewind button, that 15 second rewind button on your podcast, uh, uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast, and and just think about the implications. God is always doing something, even when He has us doing nothing. What follows today is three lessons I learned from my time on the sidelines. These three realities support the truth that the simple truth that God is always working on us, always growing us, and always pursuing us, even when He sits us down and forces us to wait for Him. Yep, even when it feels like we are doing nothing and nothing is happening around us. All right, let's go straight into lesson number one. Here it is When benched, focus on God, not the next task. Wait closely. Waiting should not be task-focused. It should be God-focused. Wait closely. When God pushes pause in your life, He is more interested in moving you closer to Him than into your next thing to do. Let me repeat that. When God pushes pause in your life, He's more interested in moving you closer to Him than into your next thing to do. 
you may want to to uh, reread that again or re-listen to that. It's so counterintuitive to most people, particularly those who are are uh, output focused, as is most of the American culture. And the wait is about God helping us know Him more than about preparing us for the next assignment. Okay, the wait is about God helping us to know Him more than about preparing us for the next assignment. Of course, those two are not mutually exclusive. Knowing Him better is preparation for the next chapter. Unfortunately, until I learned differently, I was always focused on the next task. When, when God's leaning takes you to the sideline, He is leading you into relationship with Him. And relationship takes time. I also learned that butt slivers hurt. Because we're not awake to God and how He works, we, we often let... Um, um, it, often the exact opposite happens. It, it's easy to allow the weight to put distance between us and God as we get impatient or frustrated. When we get discouraged, it, it can lead to despair. And, and if we're not careful, fear and unbelief and self-pity. If we are unwell enough that our identity is still wrapped up in how we perform and how much we produce, we're going to get a rear full of slivers. You are not going to be able to sit still on that bench. We are bound to get a few from all the chafing on that weather-worn seat. An antsy posture on that proverbial bench does more harm than good. Take it from someone with a posterior full of splinters. Here, here's another thought. When, when my weight began that second time around, the place I would land next didn't even exist. The church where I now serve, it wasn't even planted yet. We're a young church that recently went multi-site, but it was not established when I was benched. It was not a dream in anyone's heart or a twinkle in a single eye. Maybe God is not in the next task yet because the project is not ready for you or you for it. Let's hear from a few biblical writers on the subject. Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him, not the next thing to do, not the next chapter, not the next challenge. Isaiah 30, 18. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the love is a faithful, for the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. Psalm 59, 9. You are my strength. I wait for you to rescue me. For you, O oh God, are my fortress. Oh man, how bad I wanted to rescue myself over and over again, trying to get out of the predicament I was in, trying to get off the bench and into the game. I did not wait for God's rescue. I often tried to create something to move into. God treats those who wait for him very well. Imagine what might come if we waited patiently. But we, we miss out on growing close to him, on experiencing his love and compassion because we stay in the game when he wants us on the bench or the other way around. So he must wait for us to come to where he is. Come to him. Uh, do not think of this in, in you know, a general way, but as him waiting for us in any given moment or season in a specific way. When we are moving his direction, even if it is temporarily away from the battle's fray and we wait there, wherever there is for us at that particular moment in time, that is where He is in our lives. We must be there to be where He is. If we go there, He gives us His strength to wait for His rescue. 
Yes, you can come to him, be rescued, and wait at the same time. What we put on hold is our grand plans, even his plans for us, maybe. If he tells us, we need a rest. But as Lamentation says, resting is not inactive if we are actively pursuing him. Seeking him is the one action that trumps all others. Seeking him may be the one allowed action while we're waiting for him. a short break so you can rest your brain. You've been used to a new episode each week as we work through our first three seasons. As we move into season four, the episodes will drop less frequently, but at least once a month. Whatever the reason and from wherever you are listening, we are so glad you have come along for the ride. That is why we are excited to invite you to help us determine some of our future content. At the close of this episode, we will tell you how you can send your questions, ideas for topics, and suggested book reviews. If this podcast is helpful, we ask that you take a moment to rate, follow, and share it on whatever platform you use to stream content so that others can find us too. All right, let's finish today's episode of this podcast. Let's uh, move on to sideline lesson number two, all right? Lesson number one. It's when benched, focus on God, not the next task. So wait closely. Lesson number two, when benched, focus on the present, not the future. Wait currently. Waiting should not be future focused. It should be present focused. Wait currently. This is hard because without a future focus, it feels like we are not going anywhere. Like our life is on hold and a better tomorrow will never come. We struggle because we want it to be today. We think we would be happier if the tomorrow we are waiting for were here today. If we were already in the next chapter of life. Doing God's will sometimes appeared to be the same thing as wasting time. I believe that lie, that waiting was wasting for a good long while. But we are not wasting time when we are obeying God, when we are where God is, whether in the game or on the sideline. Obedience is never a waste of time. Besides, our time is really His, so He can do with it as He wishes, even waste it. Of course, God ain't wasting nothing. (laughs) Every person represents a current work of God, something He is doing now. A work in progress, to use an exceedingly trite expression. God is always doing something good in our life, whether we are awake to it or not. That requires that we concentrate on where we are, not where we are not. It means we must learn to be content with where God has us and not act like we know better and would be better off if we were somewhere else, going somewhere, anywhere, as long as we were getting something done. Here's a... Uh, what Henry J. Nowlin um, um, says on this subject here. Active waiting means that you are present to the moment, fully and totally present in the conviction that something is happening where you are. A waiting person is someone who believes this moment is the moment. Patience, Patience means the willingness to stay where you are and live the moment out to the full to taste the moment to the full in the conviction that something is hidden there that will manifest itself to you. 
An impatient person is always expecting the real thing to happen someplace else. We have come to live in a way that we think the real thing is happening over there, always ahead of us, always happening tomorrow. And so, very tragically, we miss what is happening to us today. That's from The Spirituality of Waiting by Nowen. Um, when sidelined by God, when he pulls us from the game with you know, maybe sickness or pausing our vocational advancement and sending us on some tangential mission, uh, closing all roads forward and focusing to stop and wait, God is not in the game anymore, at least not as far as we're concerned. And he is uh, not quite ready for us to start a new chapter either. There's this interim period, this between. He is on the bench waiting to coach us. The truth is, what we often feel is the sideline is really the center of God's action. Waiting is the only place where God is, the only place where we can please Him. Doing something would be sin. It would be walking away from Him. When God is driving, He will often pull over at a scenic overlook. <laughs> Future-focused disciples, those who are anxious to get something, to get somewhere to do something, they hate it. Sometimes He takes us for a wildly divergent and completely unexpected ride. Christ followers fixated on a specific future and their own agenda hate that. But you will find that God is not very sensitive to our plans and comfort and the littleness of our puny, pre-planned imaginations. When God is in the present and not the future, the action is in the immediate and not tomorrow. When God pauses your life, be present, listen, feel, assess, and connect with God right where you are. All right. Sideline lesson three. Let's go back. Lesson one. When benched, focus on God, not the next task. So we're waiting closely. Number two. When benched, focus on the present, not the future. Wait currently. And then sideline lesson number three. When benched, focus on faith, not comfort. Wait courageously. Waiting should not be comfort-focused. It should be faith-focused. Wait courageously. But we want deliverance from the pain of waiting, disruption, the confusion, and the inconvenience. Not knowing is not comfortable. Certainly does not feel safe. But our feelings betray us. This is our faithful, steadfast God we are talking about here. The tighter we cling to a desire for the comfortable, the longer it takes God to move us on. God is confusing. How could he not be? We're trying to understand the mind of God with the resources of the human intellect. It will never suffice. It will never be sufficient. You do not want it to be sufficient. A God we can grasp is no God at all. He made us, not us him. God is trying to understand, giving up, give up trying to understand what remains elusive. Give up trying to understand the ways of our God, whose perspective is so far above our own. Take a different approach. Sit down. Shut up. Wait. Trust. Die to your right to know why you're waiting. The science of God can be painful, but he is speaking about something even when he is silent about the future. The silence of God can be painful, but he is speaking about something even when he's silent about the future. We look in the wrong places for the wrong answer and are surprised when we find nothing. God's prolonged silence leaves us with the blessing of prolonged need, prolonged insufficiency, and prolonged confusion. Some of God's greatest blessings. Why? Because they bring us to him in desperation and trust. It is then that he is free to reveal himself and deliver us. 
Waiting to move from the valley into the vision brings uncomfortable blessings. Deliverance from discomfort often conflicts with God's purpose. You cannot always, we cannot always have comfort and God, both at the same time. You can always have peace and God, but we cannot always have comfort and God. They're not the same thing. Peace is a calm assurance no matter the circumstances. And we cling to peace with faith. God has not brought you comfort yet? Well, then the distress is designed to produce faith in Him. From that will come calming strength no matter how fierce the storm. Courage is needed. Courage is not the absence of fear, but a slowly developed trust in God that comes from a growing relationship with Him. A faith that allows you the ability to laugh in the face of discomfort and the unknown. Courage is the product of hope. Psalm 27, 13 through 14 says, What? What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Wait and hope. Hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. That's from the Amplified Version. Let me read to you a few more verses from the New Living. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. John 10, 10, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, full till it overflows. Philippians 1, 6, and I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finished finally on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Are you wondering how well you would do if or when God benches you? You can answer that question with a simple test. Just examine how you live when you're not waiting. Do you normally live close to God in constant communion with him? Or are you more task-oriented rather than relationship-focused? If so, that's the way you're going to wait. Do you normally live currently in the present? Or are you always striving to get somewhere else, to make it big, to get things done, to reach that elusive prize? If so, that's the way you're going to wait. Do you normally live courageously, bravely trusting that God has things under his sovereign control? Or are you a worrier, fretting and stewing, pursuing comfort and full of fear over how things will turn out? That's how you're going to wait. If self-examination finds that you're not prepared to wait, be prepared to wait. Your normal, everyday focus must be on God and what He is doing now and faith at any cost. When you're forced to wait, that's the wrong time to learn how. So, what God does while you're waiting is as valuable as the future He brings you into. Now what? Since I am... Fond of transportation-related metaphors, let's employ one here to outline your way forward. When God pauses your life by putting you on that cold, hard bench, think about the three colors of a traffic light. Okay, when benched, we focus on God, not the next task. Wait closely. That was lesson number one. Here, we use the red light. Just stop. Stop to make space for God. Make time for Him. Run to Him, not away. Cling to Him to grow relationally. Lesson number two was when benched, focus on the present, not the future. So wait currently. Here we use the yellow light. 
Slowly look around unhurriedly. Take the time to take stock. Think, feel. Do not try to escape the moment God has you in. Proceed slowly and cautiously. And number three, when benched, focus on God, not comfort. Wait courageously. Green is the light here, and that means go and make a temporary home in your new normal. Cooperate with what God is doing in his time. Make a new home in the wait, in the in-between, and then hold it loosely and be patient, because eventually he will change things up again. It can be just that simple. Stop, yield, go. Stop, make space for God. Begin to look around slowly, think and feel. Feel out where you're at. See what God's saying there. And then what you go into is just settling down in that new normal. Cooperate with what he's doing there. And then hold it loosely and patiently till he moves you forward. Stop all the doing. Turn in God's direction. Slow down and take a look around at what he's trying to say, show, teach, heal, correct, and what you have been missing, who you have been overlooking, and go ahead and get comfortable in your temporary new normal. He may just leave you there till you do. Now, um, let me suggest a, a couple volumes for you here. The Fire of Delayed Answers by Bob Sorge. That's S-O-R-G-E. Not sure how to pronounce that. The Fire of Delayed Answers. It's very helpful to me. An older book, Waiting on God by Andrew Murray. Um, that's like four bucks, a little bit over four bucks right now on Amazon. Um, the Spirituality of Waiting by Henry J. Nowen. Um, in fact, there's a uh, link to a free PDF at um, in the show notes. And there's also a 124-minute MP3 that you can get of that as well, so you can listen to it. And as I said before, this new this season, you can find these transcripts of the podcast at my blog site. So direct links to these resources that I just mentioned, the two books, the PDF, or the, um, uh, the MP3, depending on what you want, they are at tworivers.church backslash bravetherapids. Um, you'll find there my blog and, of course, a whole bunch of other stuff should you want to read any of that. Next time on the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard, our topic will cover three episodes, um, and, and we're going to address when a demanding season has been a long enough season. I will talk you through how to handle a season of ministry that is intense and threatens to damage you and your relationships with friends, family, and God. The Spiritual Coaches you were going to face this dilemma yourself, and you will undoubtedly have to coach others through that sort of season as well. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, do not waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how God would have you work the new thought into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been. We firmly believe that God will exchange the wounding of the past for the wellness of the future. A transformation that frees us to be wholeheartedly available to Him and those near us. As we walk into that healing, 
we gain the humble confidence and godly credibility needed to step unrestricted into the life and impact God has for us. And when we experience that for ourselves, it gives us a compelling story from which to call others to experience the same. We pray that God uses the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you would like to submit a question or topic for a future episode of our podcast, here as promised is the contact information. The email address is carrie at tworivers.church or text at SC Dashboard from the social media platform of your choice. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard.